Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Knife Journal Podcast, episode 52. My name is Kyle Versteg. I'll be talking in NPR voice for as long as you people keep voting for Democrats. I'm here with James Noka. Who is not going to freaking talk in NPR voice. Because I believe we are going to take back our country! <laughs> What's new in the, in the world of knives? I have a few things. I wondered what you were up to. I have... Um, it's been kind of funny because I've been moving stuff from my old house and I ran across some old kitchen knives that I hadn't that I had packed away in the attic and and uh, so we've been kind of sorting through some of that stuff and some of the old literature and magazines from from 1989 I had boxed away and so I've been kind of having fun looking through some of my old crap. Cool. Yep. And uh, I've been uh, kind of excited about some of the new stuff coming down the pipe uh some of the new stuff from bark river you know uh-huh. they got some they got some neat stuff coming out and teddy getting two. a lot of what's that you see the picture on the teddy two today oh yeah good looking knife eh? yeah yeah that's awesome good looking knife yep yep and, and you know i i have a hard time with uh with trying to choose a favorite anymore I mean, it's it's uh, the Aurora's been my favorite for a long, long time. Uh, but you know, I'm I like the Bushcrafter. I like the I like the Bravo LT. You know, uh, there's a lot of lot of good knives that Bark River makes. There's no doubt. Yeah, a lot of activity on axes. I see Mike is regrinding some axes for Jason. Oh yeah, I saw um, that. You know, I I don't know what kind of axes they are. I didn't talk to him today, but. Um, my gut tells me that might be some of those Swedish axes because he has an outlet for them, and um, he gets those Swedish axes and then he then they regrind them okay. and they they turn out really cool. Okay, yeah, the um, I saw that he was doing that. So uh, this weekend, and, and uh, when I say Swedish axe, I, I meant they're Swedish hatchets, like army hatchets. Oh, the Swedish army hatchets. Yeah, I've yeah, seen those. Yep. Those are cool. So this yep. weekend I saw some uh, hatchet abuse, um, which oh, yeah? I, of course, reported immediately to our Facebook group, uh, People for the Ethical <coughs> Treatment of Hatchets and did, Bushcrafting. Did you, um, uh, by chance, uh, videotape the abuse? Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to videotape it, but I did take a picture of it. Um, but it's kind oh, of cool. across the can. It's like one of those Bigfoot pictures. It's kind of across the <laughs> campground because these guys were like yeah. drunk and they were like kind of rednecky. So I I didn't want to like walk over there with a camera and like you know risk hey. a confrontation. <laughs> hey, dude, you know you're fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, sir, you know that's probably not the way to use that hatchet. Come here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you squeal like a pig? Yeah, he like grabs your ear and all this. <laughs> well, no, so what was going on was um, really this is like the most egregious example of hatchet abuse. It's the whole reason we started our um, campaign against 
it, if you remember. So this guy yep. had this huge um, stump, and he took his hatchet, and he, he slammed it into the exact dead center of the stump, and then he took, like, I don't know, a, a full-sized sledgehammer. I don't know what the weight on it was, but, like, the full-sized one, and just started nice. slamming it into the back of this poor hatchet. Nice. And then it got stuck in there, so then he took a wedge, and he... Which, if, why are you using that if you already have a wedge, right? So then he takes a wedge and tries to get it out of there. Well, apparently in the process of uh, slamming on the back of the thing which is not meant to be slammed on, he distorted the eye on the hatchet because then he went to pull the hatchet out and it pulled the handle out of the thing. Wow. And he's like, this is a piece of crap. I'm taking this back to Baumgars. <laughs> which is our local so they they actually left and went and took it back to the local hardware store so they distorted the eye pulled the handle out and it's all the axis fault yep and now our local hardware store is going to take a hit on i don't know whatever it was a ten dollar hatchet or whatever but yeah. still like, i think you should have to take a test before you can even buy a hatchet <laughs> well you don't have to take a test before you have kids <laughs> well, you can cause yeah. a lot more damage doing that <laughs> well, you should actually have to take a test for that too. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Um so I see that you went you did go camping this weekend. That looked like a lot of fun. I saw some some of the pictures that you posted on uh on Facebook. Yeah, so um there's a there's a nice little park just south of our uh of our town here and uh they have like a log cabin that you can rent. Well, um, nice. Every year, uh, we go to this gala thing, a fundraising thing, um, that to raise money for the local school. And, uh, you know, I always get some stuff there just to kind of support the stuff, you know, even above and yep. beyond what taxes go for. Yep. Um, and and uh, I bid on this. You get a whole weekend out there, and I won it. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Um, as it turns out, I looked at like my tax returns for the last few years of charitable giving. One year of mine uh, amounts to like more than Joe Biden has ever given in his entire life. Because <laughs> say that again. One year of who? one year of charitable donations from me is more dollar amount than Joe Biden has given in his entire <laughs> life, and that's that's actually true. Like, because they released, like, one year he gave nothing, the next year he gave, like, 50 bucks. <laughs> you know, and this is, like, this is not, like, when he was 20. This is, like, two years ago. Yeah. You know, but... Yeah, well, he's an ass. Yeah. Well, he, you I know... we weren't talking politics. Oh, sorry. Um, never mind, folks. I'm, I'm moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I just am in a bad mood today. I'm, I'm just you know, pissed I, off. You know, I, I do... I have been, too. And, you know, a lot of it is... If you hadn't noticed, I've been coughing a lot lately. I got been trying to doctor and get that squared away, and and so that's been kind of knocking my socks off lately. And 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 then you add the fact that we have had over a foot of rain in the last three weeks. Oh my God, that rain is so and, racist. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. <laughs> and and so <clears throat> you know, it's hard to it's hard to even be in a good mood because. You have like one sunny day and six rainy days. Mm. You know, it just it's been real dreary lately. And then to add all of that, insult to injury, my dog ate my other hearing aid today. Yeah, yesterday. I saw that. I was uh, 
I was very, I was devastated. I woke up in the morning and went to put my hear. I mean, literally, it's the first thing I do in the morning. I, I put my hearing aids in the first thing. And it's not that I can't hear stuff when I get up. It's just that I hear stuff so much better with hearing aids. Yeah. And, um, cause I have high end hearing loss. Uh-huh. And, and so, um, uh, conversation, that kind of stuff is difficult for me when I don't have my hearing aids in. So, so I, I get up in the morning and, and, uh, I mean, literally before I have a cup of coffee, I put my ears in and, uh, go downstairs so I can hear the coffee pot making coffee real well. And, uh, so I get up and I grab one, I'm looking around, I'm like, what the hell, the other, what's that? Up? And it's on the floor. It's all chewed up. And I was like, oh, and, and I put them in a, I put them in a tray right next to my bed on my, on my nightstand. And it's not like on the edge of the nightstand. It's like in the back. Mm-hmm. So he had to actually go looking for it. You got to so put no, it in a drawer, dude. I got to put it in a, uh, in a safe. Okay. And so here's the other thing you can do. Take that one that's already broken and go out and buy a gigantic rat trap and put that hearing aid so that if he gets it, it'll trigger that rat trap and teach his ass that's, a lesson. That's what he needs. Yeah. That's exactly what he needs. And, and it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I like dogs, but I have, this one has been a challenge. There's no doubt. This one has definitely been a challenge for me. So, and it's like, you know, it's not like these hearing aids are cheap. I mean, they're like a thousand dollars a piece. Oh, that, that'd that be cheap if it was a thousand bucks, dude. That, hearing aids are like three, four, five thousand dollars a piece. Like yeah, they, they're, they're expensive. expensive. It's, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to share that was that much. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about yours specifically. I'm just saying in general, that's how much hearing aids cost. And I, I think, I think originally in 2011, I think these were, um, I think they were four thousand dollars a pair. Yeah, it's 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 big money, and I I, I yep. know that because I've got two kids that were born deaf, and then you know, like my grandma's always having problems with her hearing aid, and those things are aids, and those things are expensive. Well, here's a public service announcement, just to show that Knife Journal cares about you. Um, <laughs> a public service announcement, people, if you. If you lose your hearing, or if you're having trouble hearing things, or you're constantly saying, what, 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 and people tell you you're losing your hearing, get some fucking hearing aids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they seriously, like, they're the greatest things in sliced right. bread. Right. And if your ass was blind, you'd get glasses, right? Why won't you fix your hearing? And the and, and it's just as important of a sense, because it's, it's so involved in social interaction and all these other things. I've seen people literally, like, close them off, close themselves off from the world and become, like... Totally different people than they were because they refused to get hearing aids. And let me tell you, you know, something. Your brain remaps if, if you lose your hearing. Yep. And it will change your brain and you will be a different person. Is that something yep. like that? Is it worth like not having hearing aids so well, here's, that, here's you, know, the thing you can that I don't look think people cool realize. but you turn into a complete freak? Yeah, here's, here's the thing I don't think people realize. When you have high-end hearing loss, you can still hear. Yeah. It just it's just conversations on the other side are all run all run together. And you miss Be- so much. <clears throat> yeah, because because the um at the end of each word, the separation between the, the words, there's a high pitch sound of some kind. Yeah. And and I, I'm not exactly sure what that's called, 
but it, but everybody, women actually have it more than men, but men have it too. And it's something that separates the, that you only hear if in the high end region, it's not something that you notice. It's not something that's, but if you, if you have lost that region of hearing, you don't hear that. And you, the, the sentence all sounds like one big word. Yeah. And you, and you have no idea what it is. It just sounds like a jumble, right. a jumble. And it's like and, it's like when you're a little kid and adults are talking and you don't understand half the words. You kind of withdraw, yep. and and you kind of just sit there and nod and stuff. You really don't know what's going on, and you kind of retreat into your own head. I've seen this over yep. and over and over again. Public service announcement from the Knife Journal podcast in our NPR voice: <laughs> If you lose your hearing, get some hearing aids, you dumb fuck. <laughs> and we say that well, only because you, we care about you. My 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 wife, um, when I first when I first started pursuing the hearing aid thing, uh, my wife saw what they were going to cost, and she was kind of a little bit miffed. Mm. Um, when I first got them, she said, "Oh my God, that is a huge difference. I cannot believe how much better you can hear." And she was not unhappy after that. Yeah. So they do. They do make a huge difference, and and like I said, people that know me know that they don't seem to interfere much. Um, I try not to go swimming with them in my ears because that's that's a bad thing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I but I wear them all the time. Yeah. I mean, uh, and and people don't even know. A lot of times they don't even know that I'm wearing. Them. And and the thing because is, you is, can't see them. And and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You know, like don't be self conscious about it. Nobody's gonna look at that and think less of you. It's like. If if, the, if but if you're sitting there and you can't hear anyone and you sit there and nod like a dumbass and look look uh, you know and completely withdraw yourself from society, then people are going to notice and they are yep. going to make judgments about you. Yep. You know. Yep. So get your damn hearing aids, people. Yep. So I'm in the market right now for a for a new Rexton um, behind the ear. It's called a. Um, uh, Bridge free, twelve channel. Mm. Nice. It's, an, it's a good. It's a good one. I I really do like it. I highly recommend it. Um, they probably have an updated model that's like those. Yeah, the the technologies and those things changes like so fast. Yep. They they just yep. get exponentially better because it's uh, probably because it's not covered by insurance most of the time, <laughs> and yep. people have to spend their own money on it. So if they're going to yep. spend big bucks, they want big results. Yeah, and and they and they do they do provide that. I mean, it's it is amazing what how how well they work. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in a crowded room, you know, I mean, I, it's it's amazing. It's totally amazing. Yeah. So, um, so when you're running your chainsaw, make sure you put your your earmuffs on. When you're shooting a gun, make sure you have your earmuffs on. Yeah. When your wife is yelling at you, make sure you have your earmuffs on. Yep. Or if your if your dog snores at night, um, sleep with earplugs in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I do. Yeah, your dog. Your dog. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so I got yeah, that's a, funny. I got an email from our uh, uh, single Croatian listener. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and we we talked back and forth uh, quite a bit. So shout out to Croatia. Um, he uh, had a question about um, uh, titanium pots because uh, a while ago um, Dave Canterbury did this uh, video where he had like a chalkboard and he was like writing on it uh, like Glenn Beck 
and uh -huh. sh and comparing like the different different styles of like pots and metals and these things and um he said that uh uh titanium over an open fire because uh because it doesn't conduct heat as well as some other metals will develop hot spots and burn your food over an open fire which um I haven't had that experience but I mean he is at least trying to use uh you know, an explanation of why it is his food sucks after he cooks it, um, based, <laughs> <laughs> based on the scientific properties of the metal. So I'll give him, I'll give him some style points, but, um, that's funny. Uh, and then he said, well, uh, well, what kind of pot do you use? Um, and I'm like, well, I use all kinds of them, but like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, like, if you're going to go out and be out for a long time and be out with a group of people, like, what do you carry? And uh, my go-to thing for that situation is uh, one of those crappy aluminum pots with a bale. And some it's nice if they have a lid, but half the time uh, during the course of travel and things, you end up losing the lid anyway. But it uh, has to have a bale um, so that you can suspend it over a fire or so that you can lift it out of the fire um, easily, you know. Uh, but I, in those big, huge pots, we'll do things like make uh, pots of rice uh, and um, one-pot meals. So, like, uh, just an example of some crap you might have in your fridge that will make a very efficient and tasty one-pot meal. So you, you're digging through your fridge, you find some hamburger. Great. Uh, brown the hamburger. You see some old nasty celery. Okay, chop up some of the celery, throw it in there. A couple nasty carrots. Okay, chop them up, throw them in. You look in your uh, vegetable bin on your counter there, and there's like an onion and potato. Okay, add that. Uh, and you're looking through your cupboard, and you see like some a can of like V8 or something, you know, and like some uh, like a ha quarter box of macaroni noodles. Dump all that crap in there. Uh, add in some salt. Uh, pepper, uh, whatever other seasonings you happen to find, uh, add water if you need to, uh, and uh, cook it up. And that's a really, really, really efficient way to make a tasty, nutritious meal that will feed your entire camp in one pot. And that's yep. that's typically what we've done. I've got videos on actual meals like that that we made you know, in, in the middle of jungle and stuff like that. But typically we'd go and catch a bunch of piranhas or something and throw them in a pot of water and make like a piranha soup and then have rice or whatever else, like sloth, monkey, whatever we could throw in there. Knives Ship Free is the best place to buy knives, period. We only carry the best stuff, everything is in stock, and everything ships for free. But the best thing about Knives Ship Free is that we care about knives and we care about you. So go to KnivesShipFree.com for an amazing selection of the knives you love. Do you eat sloth? I have. I can't recommend either sloth or monkey. <laughs> or dog. Dog is stringier than you would think. 
Um, okay, so remember my Capicola project? Yes. Um, we busted one of those open. Yeah, it was in the refrigerator in the suck in the suck bag. Okay, <clears throat> and it was fantastic. Scale of one to two. Oh, definitely two. Nice. Definitely two. Nice. Two plus. Nice. Um, I think that I, I I'm because of the marbling in the meat. I'm not sure that you could leave it go unrefrigerated. I'm not sure the fat would not go rancid, but I could be wrong. Um. I can't bring myself to leave it out. I don't think they. I don't think they leave capicola out typically, because there's more fat in it. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I, it, it I mean, I might it, be wrong about that, but it was funny. My uh, my buddy Dave um, was up last week, uh-huh. and uh, I gave him a, a one of the packages to take home. And uh, on the way home, he stopped at his parents' house, and they opened it up and started eating it. And we had eaten quite a bit of it here. And he said that uh, he had a hard time getting it out of his parents' house. That's funny because they were they were eating it up so much. So I, that is definitely I'm going to make more of that in my future. Um, my no question about him. that. Give me that his, is it's that good really stuff. did come out well. Yeah, oh yeah, it's one, it's really good. One sec here. Mm-hmm. Come on, Nels. Why'd you get your sweater off, dumb dog? So it's uh. It's now, you know, pretty chilly outside, and so our house, we keep our thermostat at 62, Mm -hmm. and of course the dog is like freezing all the time, so we put a sweater on her, and she spends all day trying to get the sweater off, and then she's like (laughs) shivering. It's like, the dumb dog. Okay, so right now, we've had a fire now for two weeks. Uh Uh-huh. The other morning, yesterday morning, was 27 degrees. Oh, my. Um, The only thing that I'm heating up right now... In my house is my two upstairs bathrooms, huh. the floors in my upstairs bathrooms. So um, all the bedrooms are still are still cold. The downstairs is I don't have any heat out on the floors downstairs. Hmm. Um, so far so good. My my boiler seems to be working quite well. Nice. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I'm insulating the ceiling in there right now. Um, one of the projects I got going on. I've been using knives and in tri- trimming because the <clears throat> the the room where my boiler is, my wood room, mm-hmm. is not extremely square. Uh, the guy that built it apparently didn't have a, must not have owned a square, because it's a little bit askew. So all all these little pieces of insulation have to be cut. So, but that's what I'm doing, and and I've been using the shit out of uh, a couple different knives to to uh, slice the the one inch thick insulation. Foam insulation. Okay. Been been a lot of fun doing that. So, um... I heard that. That's my dog. She's cold, <laughs> so she wanted to sit on my lap. Um, so one one of the other things my uh, our uh, Croatian listener said is that he's uh, thinking of commissioning a comic strip called Bushcraft Man. <laughs> it's like a, a superhero thing only with a bushcraft guy. So we got to talking back and, and forth. And uh, we said that his, uh, like, costume um, would have to be, uh, you know, boots with fur, buckskin jeans, uh, (laughs) you know, like, some crappy, like, wool shirt of some sort. And then, like, one of these, like, oil canvas 
anorak things that you have to pull over and they're really uncomfortable you can't move around in them and they're like hot as hell <laughs> yeah you know i i have one of those i know but yours is yours is like yours would not be looked upon favorably by the uh the uh bushcraft or a better word would be uh uh woods larping community <laughs> um that's funny but uh no i i you know what it's it's uh i suppose i probably wouldn't get style points but well it, the other thing is is he has actually to have my wife a, my my wife has one of those too and it's actually white yeah I've it seen looks those. pretty it looks really nice yeah they're I mean, awesome a, i i actually want one but i'd the thing that's stopping me from buying one is i'd hate having things that i have to pull off over my head to get more ventilation because i get hot yeah. a lot i i wear zip up cardigans man i i will wear that mr rogers shit all day long because it's so comfortable <laughs> i like um what i'll do is i'll i'll wear a um i'll wear that thing over the top of a, a couple a wool sweater yeah and then a wool vest and then i'll put that over the top and then you can pull it off and you know if you need to pull it off you can pull it off if you get too hot you can pull it off yeah i would be i'd be in that get up i'd be hot as hell um, Bushcraft yeah. man has to have a uh, a kuska for his bush tea <laughs> that he makes. Um, he has a tinder vision. He can walk around and like spot dry tinder in the woods and nice. stuff. And then nice. um, he has can to he snap his fingers and make a spark. Uh, well, what he does is he um, he he's of course making. Like an enormous pile of pencil thick um, wood stuff, so he'll spend like twelve hours. He's also got like super concentration, so that allows him to spend like twelve hours to build his fire um, that he only needs for like five minutes to boil some water for tea. Like, <laughs> so we we were trying to think of all the things, and of course, like his knife of choice, you know, because everybody's into this whole knife slumming thing now, is of course a mora. You know, yeah. because he's oh, yeah. such a badass, like he can have some piece of crap knife. You know, he could use the like a, a fingernail clipper from Walmart, and he'd be just fine. So he he uses a mora, which is the modern version of slumming, only for knives. And uh, that's funny. Yeah, so the bushcraft man, people uh, send your ideas for what bushcraft man should do and storylines to podcast at knifejournal.com. And please don't tell us that he should jump off a cliff because that would be the obvious thing. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I think, um, I think he should have his own, his own TV show too. Yeah. Apparently, apparently there's some kind of battle going on in the, in the TV world with the new dual survivor stars. I'm not quite sure what, I don't watch that show. I, yeah, I, I don't watch TV, but I heard um, through f the Facebook uh, rumor mill that Joe Teddy, I guess he's mm -hmm. the replacement for Cody, um, mm -hmm. claimed to be all these things, and he claimed all the Special Forces combat experience. Well, the main organizing vo voice for uh, Special Forces um, just threw him out. Yeah. So yeah, that's and they're saying he's a bullshit artist. Which yeah. you know, and then and then of course he he denies it, but I guess they've remember. only disavowed uh, like five people in their history. Yeah, it's pretty rare to for them to do that. So that's other drama, which is you know why don't you just 
But it's enough that you served in the armed forces. Like, that's a big enough honor. You don't have to make up, like, crap. And just yep. just because you were in the military, I, I mean, I, I understand that the public thinks that that gives you some, like, super woodland skills. But, like, they don't really do that stuff. No. It's just not... It's just not a part of the normal military life to go out and do bushcraft crap. Right. You know, but I don't know. Okay, so uh, so my favorite show started last night. Which? One of, my, one of my favorite shows, which is The Walking Dead. Does Carl still use, or not Carl, uh, that dirtbag guy, does he still have that uh, badass bussy? Oh yeah, Team Gemini or whatever. Yep, I love yep. that thing. Although, although I didn't see it last night, mm. um, they they were um, okay. So the theme for this season apparently is you are either cattle or you're a butcher. Nice. <laughs> and so they uh, they they ended up at this camp, this big compound. That was, was it. The Kennedy a, compound. Yeah, it looked just like the Kennedy compound. People were running around naked, raping people, driving their cars off of bridges, that sort of yep. stuff. Nice. Yep, yep. And they uh, they were um, basically, it was a big slaughterhouse for humans. Hmm. And uh, so it kind of caught me by surprise. I was, uh, I mean, it's, it is a, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, watch it. I think it's on Netflix. Watch it, watch it. It's uh, actually pretty good. Uh, I, some of the gunplay and the swordplay is not so, but well, there's good knife it is content. A, it's in it's there. about there's a lot of knife content. It's it's a lot. It, the story is actually a lot about leadership skills and human interactions. Yeah, and and early on, <clears throat> my wife, you know, of course, I was like, yeah, they killed the zombie. Why does sword play guns? <laughs> and my, my wife was my wife likes it probably as much as I do, if not more. Okay. And she's like, "Oh, it's just not about the zombies. It's just it's just not. You're just so mistaken. It's not about the zombies." Huh. And uh, so we we laugh about it quite a bit, but it's 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 actually a pretty well done show. Um, and and uh, the acting is, you know. It could be a little better, but you know what? It's a, it's it's on season five, so somebody likes it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's pretty much an awesome show. My, I just have a hard time getting my wife to watch it, so that means I don't get to watch it. But yeah, because I have literally, I I might have time to watch twenty minutes of TV a day. I'm not yeah, going to no, take and, that twenty minutes and spend it by myself watching TV. So. You know, and you watch Dancing with the Stars, I know. No, we don't watch that. Actually, we just finished last night. Um, I can make a recommendation. Uh, the British version of... Um, what's that show? It's... Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, House of Cards. The British version of uh, House of Cards. Oh, I can what is make, that? Uh, well, Netflix Doubt had Maddie? a... Like that, only better. Um, Netflix had an original series called House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. Oh yeah, um, very good. Yeah, well, the it's based on the British series, and the British series is actually better. Really? Yes. Um, so uh, we just we just finished watching that, and uh, 
tonight i i think i am going to try to since it's being halloween and all i'm going to i'm going to make her watch walking dead <laughs> <laughs> i want to see have you have you watched any of the seasons at all I, I think she like consented, and we watched like three episodes of the first season or something. Oh. Uh, when, yeah. it, when when it was still first season, I tell you, it's it's pretty. It's had some wild twists, you know. And the thing that's interesting about it, and and I haven't read the the graphic novel. Apparently, there's there's a there's a big graphic novel uh-huh. that uh, a serial novel that come that's uh, that that's a. I don't know if it has the same title or not, but. Uh, but the cool part about it is, none of the characters are fair, are are safe. Yeah, it's like uh, at, uh, Game of Thrones is like that too. At any given time, anybody that's anybody could get killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter if they're the lead. It doesn't matter if they're the. Doesn't matter. They're all fair game. That's cool. And uh, yeah, so so I think that it's uh, you know I think it's pretty interesting. It's uh, pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the first season is kind of interesting when they <clears throat> they go to the CDC and uh, uh, they have no solutions for the C- to to get this corrected and the CDC blows up. Holy crap! <laughs> that sounds. Oh, never mind. We'll talk about that later. Um, it's almost later. Uh, okay, so but, it, wait. but you know they're talking about. They're, I mean, they they are in a way you're kind of talking about the same kind of thing. I mean, it, it's not necessarily about people that are dead. Yeah. It's about people that don't know that don't have enough sense to know what to do and they wander aimlessly about and wreak havoc wherever they go because they the only thing they know how to do is take stuff. And it just happens to be in the show the zombies are they take your life. Well, right, it's but, a metaphor for yeah, for yep. the way stuff is. But um mm-hmm. do do we get any other emails any Oh you know what? I have a I have an email that I'll read here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is from. I got to turn the light on here. Um. This would be from our good friend KD. Okay. <coughs> Get a sip of water here. Kyle slash Jim. I've really enjoyed the knife that Kyle has made over the last week. I've shown it to many of my friends, family, and co-workers, and all have really liked the small design. One of the things that almost all the people have said was really cool was the stamp. Oh. I know that Kyle did not like the double stamping, but as, <clears throat> but I was as well as many others think it looks really awesome. It's amazing how sharp the edge is. This has caused me to look into furthering my sharpening arsenal. I've mainly used bench stones, diamond, and the triangular stone diamond sticks from, for Spyderco system and my knife grinder for convex edges. I have some stropping compounds similar to the Bark River green and black stropping compound. I have been looking at strops and many different options that, uh, that, that we now have. Right. When, when, uh, when looking for some strops... I found that Bark River makes a cubic boron nitrate emulsion to put on the straps. On the Knives Ship Free website, it is said the CBN is better for more abrasion-resistant metals like S30V. Um, there, are, there are other options like diamond paste that, that come in many different grits for straps, 
What do you guys use and thoughts on the subject? It might be cool to get Mike, Jim from Bark River to talk about this on a podcast. Interviews with them you have done in the past have been very informative and interesting. Also, the Knife Ship Free website has a video that showed them strop, showing how to strop. I've always been shown to go from near the handle to the tip, similar to how I use a stone. The video shows just the opposite. I don't see any reason why it would not work. Is there a benefit from going to tip to handle? What do you guys think? What do you guys do and what do you guys think? Uh, keep, make on, uh, keep on making great informative podcasts. I really enjoy your discussion and thoughts on different gear for the outdoors. I don't think you guys are cowards, smiley face. Thank you again for the wonderful knife. I really love it. Okay, so... And that's from KD. You know, for the sharpening, um, tip tip to handle, handle to tip, I, I don't think there's a big difference. I think, now that I think of it, um, I, I go tip to handle um, just because I start uh, with my uh, fingers out towards the tip so that I have more control over it. Yeah, but I I don't know. I think it's probably just um, it's personal. That's that's exactly what it is. It's whatever you feel the most comfortable doing. Yeah, way doing it, and because one of the one of the things about stropping is consistent movement. Yeah. So if you feel more more confident going from tip to handle, then go tip to handle. If you feel more confident going from handle to tip. Do that way. It's whatever you feel the most comfortable that you can consistently do it. Mm-hmm. You know that's a, that's that's my that's always been my take on that. And and to be honest, if you're fanatical about your edges, that CBN stuff is pretty amazing. Um, you have to be way more fanatical about me than me. Yeah, be- because I don't I don't. I don't make the time to do that, um, but there are guys out there that literally want to see no flaws in the edge whatsoever when they're done, and literally nothing. Now, I take an edge like that, and, and the first time I use the knife, it it flaws the edge, or it flaws the, it flaws the not so much the edge, but it flaws the, the mirror polish of it. Well, and, so and then, and then hard, there goes the time. three hours you spent on it. Exactly, exactly. So I have a hard time with that. Um, but, um, but I, I really, I can appreciate it, but I don't do it. Uh, you know, I, I use a work sharp, and I'm real happy with the results I get because I use it all the time. Because I use my knives all the time. Yeah, you know they're always <clears throat> they're always needing sharpening. Um, like I said, I've been putting up insulation, foam insulation, and I've been mm-hmm. cutting foam insulation with uh, with that little uh, kissing crane knife. Yeah. As of late, and and actually the my little Swiss Army knife too. I've been using that to trim trim with. So so here's um here's what I used before I had my current setup. Um, I have I've never been able to get great edges using stones. Um yeah. and by great I mean the stuff that I ship out to people. Um that's a damn good edge. Um it, it you will shave like crazy with those edges and they hold up. 
you know, so to me, it's not enough that it shaves. It has to hold up and not roll and chip and other shit, you know. So um, I just have not been able to get those kinds of results using stones, and it's probably just because I'm not as good at that um, particular technique. So before I had my current setup, I I had a 1x42 um, belt uh, grinder. You can get them from... Uh, What's that, Northern Tool or whatever? Mm -hmm. You can also get mm -hmm. them from um, Harbor Freight. And I, mine was actually a little bit higher-end version. It's got a Baldor motor, and it's by Kalamazoo. Mm -hmm. And um, so with that, what I'd do is I would put a, uh, a convex edge on and and get progressively smaller in the belts. And then the final thing I would do is I had a 1x42-inch uh, leather belt. And on that leather belt, I would put uh, what's called Mother's Metal Polish. And that, that will get you as sharp of an edge as you will ever need. Um, now, the way I do it is I establish a, a good edge um, with a the, the last belt that I use when I'm doing knives um, is about a 240 grit belt. Then I go over to a 240 grit buffer, to a 320 grit buffer, to a 600 grit buffer. And the last thing that I use on there is that black um, buffing compound that Mike uses. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, those the edges done that way are even better than, the, than if you do it with the, the uh, leather belt and the metal compound. My opinion only. Um, but, but the stuff that I'm able to do that way and the edges that I'm able to put on are like I mean they're just perfect so um, that and that's really that's the only thing I can tell you about sharpening is the way that I do it and the way that I'm able to get good edges but I'm I know there's a lot of other ways yeah so yeah yeah and like I said it's it's depends on what you what you need to do you know what you what you're gonna use your knife for. Mm -hmm. That's that's the important part of it, and how often you're gonna use it. I mean, if you're gonna take it off the wall, and use it one time, and then and then desire to spend three hours putting the edge back the way it was so that there's no no marks on it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, teach his own. You know, I can't. You know, that's kind of what's interesting about this whole this whole community is there's I, I say it there's an ass for every seat. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think there's really a right or wrong way. Um, it depends on what tools you have available and what your skill level is with those tools. Um, I can buy any stone that I want. Uh, it's not going to make a difference. I'm not going to get as good of an edge with a stone as I am with my um, slack belt grinding and my buffing. I'm just... And I, I, never, I never thought that... Uh... I never thought that you could get um, that good of an edge with a stone. I mean, I should take that back. There, there's got to be. I know there are people yeah. that can do it. I'm not one of them. Yeah, they they get a different kind of an edge. Yeah, you know, and 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 I don't think the. I mean, it's pretty hard to get something like the CBN edges with a stone. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that you can do that. Um, but. That's just that's just my that's just my opinion. Okay, so did we get any other emails? Uh, no. Okay, so then, um, uh, people, it was very very nice to talk to you today. Uh, 
<laughs> I'm glad that we were able to talk about knives and keep it relatively uh, politics-free and relatively good-humored, despite the fact that both Jim and I are in very pissed-off moods today. Um, Let's get ready to rumble! <laughs> right, so uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to take a little musical break here for you. And, uh, you know, like, I might just be a dick and just release the whole podcast with no talking and just music just to punish you guys because i'm in such a bad mood but um uh if you don't want to hear any political content now would be the time to stop and we'll see you next time if you do want to hear some uh stick around and we'll be right back So you guys were warned. Uh, if you're still listening, it's because you are either a glutton for punishment or <laughs> or you're interested in hearing what we say. And and you know, a lot of times uh, the people that I, I've gotten some pretty pissed off uh, comments about uh, about things that that you know occasionally will say. And uh, a lot of times, what they say, I'm like, well, you know, we warn you that we're going to say something. Why don't you just turn it off? And they're like, well, I can't yeah, because, because I, I want to hear what you're going to say next. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yep, so, yep. Probably probably 0.0 people pressed stop there. Mr. Blue... Mr. Blutowski. 0. 0.0. <laughs> that, would be, that would be my guess. <laughs> I have no way of tracking that, but I'd be kind of curious to see how, it, how many people do. Yeah. Okay, so... so we have our first patient who worked on index patient number one now has Ebola. Mm. Now is infected with the Ebola virus. Mm-mm-mm. And she is now being blamed for breach of protocol. Right. And that's why she became infected. This is the CDC and President Obama's war on women. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's your fault. It's not our fault for letting the Liberian guy who was infected with Ebola over here, and it certainly isn't his fault for coming over here. He just wanted free health care and a better life. Who are you to deny him? Yes. So it's your fault. Because it's all our fault to start with. It's your dumbass fault for catching the disease, which is so hard to catch that there's no risk to anybody. Ah! You lying whore! Uh, Never mind the fact that, you know, we're wearing hazmat suits and uh you know never mind the Dude, fact I that s- there's a protocol if if listen if it's not if it's not hard to catch then why do you have to wear a hazmat suit and why is there a protocol in the first place you should just be like happy lucky people you know happy go lucky walking in there with your speedo on like partying down drinking with the guy and everything if it's so hard you to know, catch I, on the news this morning, I saw them with hazmat suits, mask, all the whole schmear, with a with a hand sprayer, spraying the grass, spraying the sidewalk, spraying the handles on the doors, spraying the steps going up to the hospital, spraying everything. Hmm. And and you know it's like my wife said, 
there is nobody going to go to that hospital hmm. by choice. You know, I mean, and then the nursing, the National Nursing Association, I don't remember which one it was, one of them, is livid now. Yeah, because they're they're basically blaming... Throwing them all under the bus. Yeah, like, you guys are stupid. If you'd done what we'd said, you wouldn't have caught it. It's like, well, that's your war on women. The CDC yeah. is now sexist, and so is Obama. How do you like them yeah. apples? How do you like labels thrown back at you, jerk off? I'm your slide under a gas truck and taste your own blood! Die! Die! You know, it was, what's interesting is they um, they still haven't talked about how the cameraman got it. Oh, don't don't ask I mean, that he, question. He, he he wasn't even in in direct patient contact. You know, oh, and don't nobody ask knows that. if the if the lady that he was working with has got it. Right. Haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. And then you know the reality of it is how many Katrinas does Obama get? As many as he needs. And yep. and the thing is, is like every time there's something, like they'll just every time they get caught in a lie, they'll make up a new lie without acknowledging the old one, and the media yep. never calls it on calls them on it. Yep. It's like crazy? nobody in the media has ever thought to ask the question. Well, if it's so hard to catch, then why wear hazmat suits? Yeah. Like it, it, there's millions of people in the media. Not one of them thought to come. That's a Pulitzer Prize winning question there to sit you, you would sit there and you would literally see them looking stupefied you know uh, and then you watch these press conferences with that guy from the CDC and of course he oh. uses an NPR voice you know I, I, and here's the thing anytime I hear somebody using the NPR voice I know they're putting it on because this is not a natural way to talk. And guess what else? I know that you're doing it be to try to identify as part of the group of people who cares so much and try to identify as a collectivist. So, hey, don't attack me because I'm using collectivist voice. <laughs> you know, I, anytime I hear that, I know you're fucking lying. Yep. Okay, I know you're lying. And, 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 of course, that's the voice that he puts on. When he when yeah. he goes in to give his his press thing, that's well, that's a and, secret and signal to, to the press. Like, look, I'm a fellow traveler. Back that shit up. Yep. And you know what, <laughs> what was interesting about what he said was, it was all a breach in protocol. The only way you can get it is if you breach the protocol. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, that that you know, it's not like well, she was taking her clothes off and something, you know. Yeah. Well, and he's like. Well, um, there has to have been a breach in protocol. Well, how do you know? Well, there just has to have been. Yeah, because well, she caught it. What was it? Well, we don't know what it was, but there has to be one. That's like saying, yeah. okay, well, um, there has to be purple space aliens. Okay, well, how do you know? Well, we just know. Okay, well, where are they? Well, the, it has to be there because we say it is. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. nobody nobody challenges them on it. It's circular reasoning. and. The number of flaws and the number of lies and the number of outright crazy things that these people are saying that just don't make any sense and aren't challenged. You want to know why? Here, let me let me just throw a little bit of water on this, people. Okay, calm your ass down. You calm your ass down right this minute, young lady. Number one, 
it's different here than it is in the jungle. Okay, here in about a month, it's going to be below freezing. All of the insect vectors are going to be dead and the bats are going to be hiding in caves. Furthermore, it's illegal in this country to eat bats and to eat monkeys and shit like this. Okay, and and we don't have bats and monkeys like running around in like this back backwoods like black market thing in uh, bat and monkey meat. So the big the big uh, vectors for spread, like th there are some of them, but like in about a, about another month, all that shit is going to be like hibernating. So I think you're going to see and. And I hope I'm right. I can't say for sure I'm right. But I think you're going to see maybe a few more cases, a few more deaths. And it's going to burn itself out because the winter is going to help us. Okay, so right. let's let's just put the the whole, like, this is going to be a horrible epidemic and stuff and all this stuff aside. And look for a second at why Jim and I are pissed off. I'm not pissed off because I'm worried that I'm going to catch Ebola. I know for a fact I'm not. I know for an absolute fact that I will not catch Ebola, and probably nobody that I know is going to catch Ebola. Um, so that's not why I'm pissed. Why I'm pissed is you've got a government that lies over and over and over again, and every time they get caught in a lie and, and like the lie becomes so obvious that they can't use that lie anymore, they make up a new lie as if they didn't tell the other lie. They just keep lying. And so it, when you have any kind of, when the chips are really down, like like anytime there's like a real public health concern and there could be the potential of panic, you're looking for a trustworthy government to be there, to, to be able to say, look, people, we got this. And you want to know that really they do got this and not that everything will be fine. Right. And that, and that the guy up there who's telling you this, got his job because he's the best person at that job. Just Not just because he, you know, he thinks the right politically correct thoughts or he's like the second cousin to someone who gave a bunch of money to Obama, it, which is, frankly, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a level of incompetence. I'm seeing like people who have no business being the top guy being the top guy. And I know right. that I know that's gone on since time immemorial, but in this case... Like it's really bad. It's it's gotten really bad all of a sudden, or maybe it's just because I'm paying more attention. But and what yeah, is? It's, I don't remember it being this bad before. One of the ways that the that the government is kept honest is that we're supposed to have a press that's adversarial to people in power. The problem is the press are collectivists. Almost everybody in in the media is a freaking. Filthy, scummy, hippie, liberal collectivist. Pussies like you! We're back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums! Ah! Ah! Okay, every single one. And they will protect fellow travelers. And so anytime you have a collectivist in power, they're going to do everything they can to not challenge them and to whitewash shit. So that... People lose trust because, you know, most of the country is not thinking that way. And they see this thing where, you know, this guy gets away with all this shit over and over and over again. They lose trust for him. So when you have the guy standing up there saying, listen, Ebola is really not a big deal. Like, don't panic. They, they automatically think that he's a liar. Yep. You know, so I hold the press just as accountable for this because they are, they, 
they lose all of their adversarial character and all of their skepticism as soon as they get some rainbow hippie collectivist in power. <laughs> yep. Well, it's true. I mean, it, and and the problem is, is that we can't run on autopilot for this without things starting to screw up. Hmm. You know, I mean, <clears throat> my God, they shipped over three thousand soldiers over there to that to that country where they could all get infected. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I don't even understand what the point of that. They is. should be getting hazard pay. If they're not, they need. I'm to not be. sure why don't they? Why aren't they putting a fuel air bomb there? Well, because there's people there, would be the obvious answer. Um, yeah, I suppose. But uh, I suppose, but you know, it just seems like uh, like we're one step away from it becoming airborne. What happens if that happens? Well, we don't know that it's not airborne. Well, yeah, there's that. How did the damn yeah, thing get through your hazmat suit? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Uh, again, to to try to throw water on it a little bit, I I think that it's probably just going to burn itself out because of winter, if mm -hmm. if for no other reason. Yeah, and that makes and that makes sense. I mean, that's uh, that's why we're so healthy up here in the north. Yeah, except that uh, you know, we get our we get you know colds and flu come through every year but it's basically mild stuff we don't get these tropical diseases um usually well ebola's pretty bad yeah it's it's uh you know somebody was trying to say well you know the flu killed like 15,000 people last year and i'm like well yeah um but the flu also infected like 100 million people you know, so yeah. so the mortality rate is much, 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 much lower. Well, what was the what was the nineteen eighteen flu? Nineteen twelve or whatever, or maybe it was nineteen eighteen. I don't remember, but that was a pandemic that like totally screwed everybody up. Yeah. Um, yep. But now, you know, we have a we have a flu vaccine that you can get. Um, since I started getting my uh, flu vaccine, I know I'm not supposed to say this because Jenny McCarthy's got fantastic tits, and she says that if you take a vaccine, you're going to get autism. So I know I'm not supposed to say this, you know, and I know that obviously because she's got big tits, she knows more about medicine than an actual <laughs> doctor would. So I, I'm going to have to defer to her expertise, having big tits and being willing to show her tits. Take the work, break, 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 and no down back into the fucking Stone Age River! On TV. Um, oh! Okay, I'm going to beep that out. Uh, being willing to <laughs> fart on TV. You know, I know that, like, you know, these, these make her more qualified than an actual doctor. But I can tell you that since I started getting the flu shot, I have not had the flu one time. Yeah. And the last, no, the last I time care. I got the flu, I took a medication which is widely available. This miracle drug called Tamiflu. And it aborted the flu. Yep. Okay, and... And uh, that was enough to scare me into getting the flu shot every year. And since then, yep. I have not not been sick a single time. Yep. Um, you know, so so the flu, while it kills more people, is has a far lower mortality rate, and it's it's preventable and it's pretty much abortable. Whereas if yep. you catch Ebola, your mortality rate, even in this country, what have there been like four cases treated here? Uh, yep. And one is still very much in treatment. There were two cures, one death. So, yep. and there's one still. So the best okay, that this so is going to come out is a 25% mortality rate, even in this country. 
Yeah. So so my my guess is is the the people that they brought back here must have had a breach of protocol early on and they must have been brought back here and started being treated before they were symptomatic. I, the, the doctor and the nurse that that was sick. I don't know. I or the aid worker. I I think that I think that it, it it sounds like that if you catch it very early before it comes hugely symptomatic. Um, I think most of the treatment that they're doing is supportive. So you get a lot of diarrhea and you get bleeding and you get uh, vomiting. So what's going to kill you if you have diarrhea, bleeding, and vomiting? is you're going to get hypovolemic. So you're going to get dehydrated. Then your kidneys are going to shut down. Um, from the diarrhea and the vomiting, you're going to lose potassium. You're going to have problems there. Uh, as long as you stay on top of that stuff um, and nothing goes terribly wrong, like you don't get sepsis or get some super infection on top of all of that, you probably should be okay. But you know, if you wait several days before you go in and you're already like, behind the eight ball, your kidneys are already failing and you're already pooping your guts out, um, you know, I think your chances are a lot lower. So I think probably this nurse is probably going to survive because they're going to be on top of it, giving her IV fluids and checking her, you know, uh, Chem 7 every day just to be sure that she doesn't get her electrolytes too uh, far out of whack. You know, but I don't know. What do I know? I have never treated a case of Ebola, but I've certainly taken care of thousands and thousands and thousands of critically ill people. Right. And I, I know that doesn't give me as much gen, uh, expertise as Jenny McCarthy has, but, you know, hey. Well, you don't have very nice tits. No, I have, like, you know, pecs. <laughs> Chiseled hard from daily push-ups, people. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that took a turn okay. for the worst. <laughs> okay, uh, what else do we have to bitch about? Um, well, we got a we've got an election coming up. Yeah, get out to vote. Hopefully, we'll take the Senate back. So hopefully, somebody will take the Senate back. Well, hopefully, I I don't know. <sighs> well, they say you know I was listening to a count, uh, a, a reporter this morning talk about this and. He was saying that it was it would be kind of interesting if if the Republicans take the Senate back, then you would see the Senate getting involved in the um, all the investigations that the House is involved with right now that they can't seem to get anywhere because there's the Senate's not engaged. Hmm. <clears throat> so I think that that would probably be not a bad thing. Well, we'll um, see. I I think it. I. I, I can't say that I I can't say that I'm optimistic even if Republicans control the Senate. Yeah. Um again because half the time these Republicans you expect them to do one thing and they do something completely different. You know, I I've been, I just need to calm my ass down. I've been pessimistic today. Um and besides, did you know that now I'm an ordained minister? Shut the hell up. Okay. How'd you get that? Okay, so um, as a result of our uh, thing last week where I declared that uh, global warming was a religion and all these sorts of things, um, I decided that, you know, I probably have uh, as good of scientific background to be able to talk about these sorts of things, but I don't have really any religious credentials for me to be able to declare that 
that's a religion and a fake one at that. So I went around and I looked for a fake religion. And I found the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. <laughs> and uh, this is a, and it's actually a recognized religion in the United States. Um, you are allowed in the United States to wear your religious headgear and things when you get your driver's license photo taken. Well, it just so turns out that the religious headgear for the Church of the uh, Flying Spaghetti Monster is a pirate hat. So, awesome. Right. And so um, I, I went and I looked up this stuff, and I actually, just like the, uh, just like with the global warming religion, I was there at the start of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, because this started in Kansas when I was there, because the um, uh, the Kansas school board was trying to rule that you had to teach uh, creationism as an alternative thing to evolution. Um, and so this guy wrote in and said that he believed in the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, and he had it's actually it was funny because this all this all was in the Kansas City Star when I was there, and I was laughing my ass off. And he basically formed this fake religion to cause problems, you know. <laughs> and uh, um, and so it's a lot like the people who formed the global warming um, fake religion. And so I I'm like, yeah, this is like, this is. I, I, this is very similar. So I got a letter um, dated October 5th, 2014 from uh, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And it's got, um, you know, a spaghetti guy with two meatballs and noodly appendage and all this. And he says, nice. Dear Sir or Madam, I am pleased to verify that and then it's got my name in there, is an ordained minister of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster and recognized within our organization as a member in good standing. <laughs> so, yes, people, I now have the credentials. I am an ordained minister. You can call me Reverend Dr. Versteg or Dr. Reverend Versteg, however you want. Just like, you know, all these people that get these fake um, religious degrees so that you have to call them a reverend and all this. And I am declaring that global warming is a fake religion, just like the fake religion of Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. And I have the credentials to do it. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's that's so funny. I don't even know what to say. I'm I'm dumbfounded. I go over the top for our listeners. I don't even know what to say. Now, how's that for a profile in courage? Going to the trouble to become an ordained minister in a fake religion. Just so that I have the credentials. It's hilarious. <laughs> Dude, you're funny, man. You're cracking me up. You're cracking me well, up. Hopefully that'll cheer um, hopefully that'll cheer us up a little bit. What's um Did you tell me about your camping trip? Oh yeah, I just uh we went out to the woods, did this monkey business, uh Went out Friday afternoon, uh, built the fire the traditional way, played with knives, um, you know, did the shavings and then uh, Vaseline cotton ball, did all that stuff. Uh, and then for dinner we had uh, hot dogs and chili. And uh, what did we have for dessert? Nothing, because it was too late. And uh, Saturday morning made uh, pancakes, uh, buttermilk pancakes with bacon and eggs. Saturday lunch, peanut butter sandwiches. Saturday evening, Dutch oven enchiladas with soft-shell tacos. 
Well, and then we had good. s'mores for dessert. Sunday morning, I went and got donuts because I got called into the ER at 3.30 in the morning. <coughs> um, and then, uh, let's see, what else happened? Oh, we took lots of nature walks, played games, uh, played uh, football, had, had a Frisbee, which turned into uh, Deadly Discs of Tron, which is basically dodgeball <laughs> with a uh, Frisbee. <laughs> and then... Uh, uh, there's a, there's some uh, swings there. The kids played on the swings. It was fun. How far, how far is this from your house? Oh, it's it's literally ten minutes. Oh, yeah, and it, it, you know it's uh, no TV, uh, and the kids didn't miss it at all. And I I think my house is too big. I don't live in a big house, but I like to be very very tight, close in to the family. I don't like to be spread out, and. Uh, so whenever we take a, a vacation for family time, I like to be in a very, very small, confined space with no TV. We were actually looking at a, a log cabin that was uh, 12 by 16. Mm-hmm. And we were, I, I was laughing because my wife was like, well, it's 12 by 16. That's pretty big. I was like, no, 12 by 16, it's one room. And there's, it's not very It's big. two jail said, cells connected. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, and so she, she took out the tape measure and she started measuring the my living room. And she's like, wow, I guess it's not very big. I said, yeah, it's all right, though. I mean, it, it can be that size. I mean, we're, we're not that big. We're mm-hmm. not big, humongous people that we need to have that much more space. I said, well, we could have a lot of fun in that. So... I don't know if we're going to do it or not, but well. So the the cabin that we stayed in, um, I didn't I didn't measure it. I'd I'd say it was uh, well. So it had it's basically a one room cabin, um, and in one half of the room it's got uh, four bunk beds, and the ones on the bottom are double bed sized, and the ones uh-huh. on top are single. Uh huh. So it's got that. That's how wide it is with a walking space in between, probably three foot wide. So that's how wide it is, and I figure those are probably six or seven foot beds. And then there's a door. And then there's, again, as much space on the other side. So it's probably 20. Is there a in it? Uh, no, um, it's not a full, it's not a four season thing. It's just like a regular log cabin. Um, but it did have like a little window air conditioner unit that's also a heater. And then it had a little so, mini fridge and a table in there. So when you bring your kids up here camping... Mm-hmm. We have a park called Wilderness State Park mm-hmm. that has uh, cabins like that, mm. and they have a wood stove in them. Cool. And so you can go in the wintertime, build a fire, and yeah, that's you know, what I want. It, they, it, they would be. It's a lot of fun. My wife and I have done it, and it is a blast. Now these the other feature. And of it's this, right on Lake Michigan. It's right on Lake Michigan. It's gorgeous. That's cool. the The other feature of this is that um, the uh, the peak of the roof is right directly down the center of the room, uh-huh. but um, it it goes uh, the angle is different. So on towards the front of the cabin, the angle is shallower so that the roof hangs out further. And when uh-huh. they so they built the cement slab and and then there's a porch naturally on the front slab and the roof of the cabin naturally covers that porch because the angle oh, is cool. just a little different. 
So you can so you can cook out there and stuff. Yeah, if if it's raining or whatever. And then next, right next to the cabin, there's a fire pit and two picnic tables and all this. But if I was going to build a cabin, that's how I do it, and I put a wood stove in there, like oh, yeah. you're talking, and then have electricity, yep. Um, yep. just just in case. Um, but that that's yeah, like I wouldn't even it's, need it's like the best, put... most efficient design like I've ever seen. It was awesome. Yep, I just use um, I just use um. Those lights, like I have the the Aladdin lamps, put an Aladdin lamp in there, and yeah, you can it. do they, that. They it's... put off two thousand watts of, or they put off uh, sixty watts of light and yeah, uh, two thousand BTUs. I mean, <clears throat> in the fall, you probably can heat a cabin with one of those. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying you have to have it. It's just nice to have it, um, little electricity since you're since you're not technically roughing it anyway. A little electricity never hurt anyone, unless you no. put your finger in the outlet or whatever. But yeah, so my my wife my wife wants a uh, an old school camper, little one like oh a, yeah the like pop ups sixteen footer no 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 like a sixteen foot oh, hard side yeah a travel camper. trailer that you pull behind yeah yeah my yeah, my grandpa like a little shaft or something yep those are cool yeah I like to put get one and put a wood stove in it you could do that uh huh. Put one of those little camps, like a little, um, like our like our tent stoves. Mm -hmm. You could easy, like easily that do it. that. Yep, I think so too. It'd be fun. It'd get hot as hell in there, though. Oh, I know. You have to leave the windows open. Yeah. <clears throat> so, what else has been going on in the in the wide in the wide world of uh, entertainment and sports? I have no clue. I don't. I haven't seen a feet ball game or anything. I just am completely disconnected from all of that right now. Nothing, nothing like basket bowling or. Yeah, honestly, I took my kids bowling a few weeks ago. That's fun. Yeah. Um, oh, I know what's going on. Uh, if you are in Iowa, and uh, you have next Friday the seventeenth free, and you want to come out and uh, you know uh, say hi or whatever. Um, that guy that I uh, play, I'm his drummer for the Midwest, Johnny Rogers, is uh, coming back to Humboldt, Iowa. And uh, we're playing a blues gig. Uh, it'll be about three hours of music. Music starts at 8 in Humboldt, Iowa, Friday, October 17th. And it's at a place called Rustics, which is on Main Street. And you can't miss it because Main Street is not that long. <laughs> it's actually Sumner Avenue, but it's uh, it's called Rustics, R-U-S-T-I-X. Friday, October seventeenth nice. at eight. Nice. Yeah, but he's uh, he's uh, agreed to come do a blues gig with my other band, since since cool. I uh, help him out all the time in the Midwest. So cool. It'd be fun. Where does he live? All over. Um, he's he's got a house and, and a wife in Chicago. And then I think he's got another place in Oklahoma, and then most almost all year long he spends out on the road. Like right yeah. now he's driving back from Texas. Ooh. So from now was his was his he was actually Elvis Presley's cousin. Yeah, like was that? Yeah, that's legit. Like that's legit. Um, it's like some some relation of some sort through his mom. Um, and if you see pictures of his mom and Elvis's mom, it's like the same woman. Wow. But um yeah, so after he after he played uh 
with me and uh, uh, Frankenmuth there, the show that you saw, he went out to Idaho and then swung through the southwest and then through Texas and Florida and then back to Texas and now he's coming back this way. So nice, busy guy. Nice, nice guy. Yeah, nice guy. Fun to play with and fantastic sure musician. The, yeah, sure does make the. Uh, sure does feel at home in front of a, a crowd. Oh yeah. He's quite a showman. But, uh, <coughs> yeah, so, so anything else? I know. No, I got nothing else. I'm going to, I got a one parang to finish, and I'm done with my current knife run. Nice. Um, Anthony Scullambrini, uh, said some really nice things about the imp. He, I sold him one. And, mm-hmm. uh, now there's all these call for me to make a bunch of those. I have six left, and I'll probably finish those, and, and that's going to be it. I don't chew my uh, cabbage twice. <laughs> if, if there is a production company that wants to make them, I have demand for them. I just don't have the time to... I have six more, and that's it. Um, right. I'm moving on to different designs, because part of the whole reason for me to do this is it's supposed to be fun. Right. It's not supposed to be work. And so right. it's no longer fun for me to make that design. Yep. Well, it's a nice looking knife, and it's very good user. Yeah, everybody who's had one loves it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and that's an original design. I didn't base that off of anything. And I tell you where I get my knife designs. Um, that one's mine. Yeah. So, if you, um, if anybody is interested in going back to Bablo Island this winter, when there's actually snow on the ground. Send us uh, email. I'd actually be interested. Yeah, I think so too. I think it'd be fun. How? Yeah, we're gonna have to plan that shit. Yeah, firewood and stuff. Oh yeah, that's gonna be real important. Um, yeah. Firewood. And and we don't necessarily have to go to the island. We could actually go either somewhere in the UP or or somewhere somewhere. Um, there's a lot of west for- of my place. There's a lot of national there's a lot of forest up in the UP, <clears throat> right? Well, there's forest next. There's forest west of my house. Yeah, but if we went by the UP, we could go over by Mike's. Yep, we could yeah, time we could it. We could time it such that it it was close to a grinden. February. That'd be Ice cold and- as hell, though. Don't you think? I I camp in it. Well, me too. But are we going to get anybody else to go? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we had some, you know, I've done it in the past with some people from when we had knife farms, and and we've had, you know, a few people come up and brave the cold and have a good time. And and when I say cold, we're talking with like 20 below zero. Fires are going to be real important. <laughs> <laughs> we actually uh, we actually did one where we were using just tarp tents. Yeah. Three-sided tarp tents and a fire. I'm not... Reflect a fire. Yeah, and, I'm not going to recommend a... Um, for people, I'm not going to recommend a hammock <laughs> in those conditions. No, no. it can be done. No. I'm not going to recommend that. <laughs> you're better off. You're better off on a thermal rest mattress, digging a, into a snowbank. Now, than you are. On a now, hammock. here's the other thing: is we'd have to do it in such a way where we wouldn't necessarily have to have uh, snowshoes. Right. Because um, I'm not all about like buying a freaking set of snowshoes or making one. Yeah. Oh, well, we can use snowmobiles or something. 
Yeah. We should try to see if we can set that up around the grind uh, ice in time. Alright. Yeah, it's, I think that's February. Yeah. I don't know the exact date, but we can find out. Hmm. And it, it is a lot of fun. If you've never um, winter camped like that, where you have like a lot of snow, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's a different kind of thing. Um, labor intensive on the firewood, though. We're yep. going to have to yep. solve that issue. Yep. Yep. Bow saw. Nay. Steel saw. <laughs> Chainsaw. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's all. And you know what? To be honest, I mean, we could go. We can go and, you know, like I said, west of my house, you know, a half a mile and be in some pretty wilderness area where you've got lots of snow and lots of firewood and, you know, water running, running water in a creek. Mm-hmm. You know, but we'll talk about it. Right. Well, you got anything else? No, I think I'm about ready to go. I got some stuff I got to go do and got to go deal with my hearing aid situation. Now, how uh, how can people find us? They can uh, visit us at the forums at uh, knifejournal.com. They can email us at podcast at knifejournal.com. They can like us on Facebook and uh, friend us on Facebook either Kyle or myself and uh, that's it pretty much yeah come out and enjoy yep and until you people wise up and start voting uh, against collectivists I'm going to use my NPR voice <laughs> and torture you with it and I'm going to put a lot that many... more music in <laughs> you think we have a lot you think we have a lot of collectivists listening I don't know like maybe two or three I, I think they get a load of us, and they, they say feats don't fail me now. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's they funny. bolt. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. So, that's it. Uh, keep your knives sharp and your friends sharper, and we'll uh, catch you on the next time. Yep, bye. Take care. Bye.